In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, my sermon today is the second in the series on the last things. You know, as Father Stafke spoke last week on death, it is fitting to preach today on the last rites, which represents the preparation for death. And so what, what exactly do we mean by the last rites? Well, the first thing that's obvious is that we do not mean one particular rite, but rather multiple rites, and that's why we speak of the last rites. And we find these are given in the ritual. They consist of confession, a viaticum, extreme unction, and the apostolic blessing. These rites of the church are truly heavenly gifts which the church wishes to lavish on a person in danger of death to strengthen them. They are not necessarily all given at at once and we'll appreciate that by this this sermon today. I wish firstly just to relate a, a story and you might know that in, in June 2001, one of our priests, he was aged in his, in his 40s, he passed away in the Philippines, having just been ordained six months a priest. And at his funeral, the, the priest, giving the sermon, related how sudden his death was and that he did not receive uh, extreme unction. And he said, let this serve as a lesson for, for those who would defer their conversion, saying, I live very close to the church. I will be able to, to call a priest to my bedside when, when I'm dying. He said, this priest, Father, Father Yagen, who in fact studied at, at Goulburn, he said, this priest's bedroom, the, the, the wall of his bedroom was right next to another priest and he did not receive the extra unction. The, the priest in the priory did not know that uh, he would be called that night. His death was so sudden. But I think the priest, when he gave that sermon, he gave to us an important lesson not to defer the, the, the rights that the church wishes to bestow upon somebody that is in danger of death. As Father mentioned last week, as soon as there is objectively a danger of death from an internal cause, the priest should be informed, and then he'll, he'll be able to make the best judgment as to what that person needs to receive. It's always going to be, to be far better for a person to receive the last rites of the church earlier in the pre- in the piece, um, and hopefully you will appreciate that uh, more by the end of this this sermon. So, what what, what are the risks that one runs? Well, the, the first risk that one runs in in deferring them is that in fact the person misses out on receiving the the last rites, uh, and uh, also, there is a, a big difference between the graces that a, a soul receives when they have their full faculties, 
as opposed to who one who does not have their, their full faculties. You can think of an instance of a, of a person who might have become unconscious. Uh, the graces that they, they receive is vastly different between those two, so we should not defer. So the first of the last rites is, is confession. So when a priest comes to a home, you'll, you'll know if you've seen that, that, that the priest will bless the room and he'll ask the sick person if they wish to go to confession. And this confession is perhaps the last chance. The sick person has to confess their sins and to make their, their peace with God. Like all good confessions, the sick person must confess any mortal sins they have not previously confessed and to have a true contrition and purpose of amendment for all of their sins. You know, as, as, a, as a person who is in the, in the same home as a, a sick person or a friend, we can do much to assist a dying person to prepare them for confession by encouraging them to make a, a worthy confession, by perhaps giving them an examination of conscience or perhaps... Reminding them how to confess. Or simply saying with them the act of contrition to excite in them contrition for their sins. And the act of contrition I refer to here is not the abbreviated version, but the, the, the full version, the one you're accustomed to, to praying as you confess your sins in the confessional. So confession is naturally first, as the, the sacrament of extreme unction is a sacrament of the living. So meaning that a person who is conscious and capable of confessing their sins must be in the state of grace, must be alive with God's grace to worthily receive it. And so you might know, well, what about a person who is unable to, to confess? Uh, what can be done for, for them? Well, the priest can still do very much. You know, just this, this past week, I visited a sick person in hospital. I gave them extreme unction. And the whole time, they were, they were looking at me, but they were not communicative. A priest can do very much with somebody who might be able to just show some external sign of a contrition or attrition for their sins, perhaps the striking of, the, of their breasts. You know, this, this lady uh, couldn't communicate, but she could make the sign of the cross. And so a priest can do much. He can give conditional absolution to such a person. To a person, if they are unconscious, yes, the priest can still do, do very much. The effect of the sacrament of, of extreme unction can restore grace to a person who has at least attrition for their sins and who, before becoming unconscious, made the firm resolution to go to confession as soon as possible. And so you see how important it is for us to have those habitual dispositions. A person that might fall to be to make an act of contrition, make the resolution to go to confession as soon as possible. They might be coming to Mass where they're going to make that, that, that confession and they have a terrible car accident. 
Well, God saves that the disposition that was in that soul. So as I said, ordinarily confession is first, and uh, typically the, the, the priest would give communion. We'll speak on viaticum in a few moments' time. Uh, but now just to, to look at uh, extreme unction. So what is extreme unction? The, the Baltimore Catechism, it defines it very simply uh, as the sacrament which, through the anointing and prayer of the priest, gives health and strength to the soul and sometimes to the body uh, for a person who is in a danger of death from sickness, accident, or old age. And so we'll, we'll look at uh, each of those elements of that, that definition now. So the first element of this definition is this reference to the prayer and anointing of the priest. So uh, the priest is the, the minister of this, of this sacrament. And when the priest gives this sacrament, you'll see him vested in a violet stole, just like he does for confession. And he will extend his hand over the, the sick person, invoking the, the Blessed Trinity, Our Lady, and the saints. And he will ask that the power uh, of the devil over the sick person may be destroyed. Yes, in, 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 in such uh, strong terms as these. He will anoint uh, each of the, the five senses... And on this note, we have to know that we have to render an account uh, of the proper use of our, of our senses. The, the senses are the avenues, uh, the typical avenues through which a sin uh, enters into the soul. Through the eyes, through the ears, perhaps listening or hearing, or through the nose, through the lips, through the hands, through the feet, the feet that have... Wandered to, to uh, uh, sinful places. And with each of these, these senses, the, the priest will dip his finger into the oil stocks, taking on, on his finger the, the oil of the infirm, consecrated by the bishop on, on Monday, Thursday, and with the sign of the cross, the sign of our Lord Jesus Christ's cross, anointing each of those senses with these words, through this holy anointing, and his most tender mercy, may the Lord forgive thee whatever sins you have committed through your sense of sight or hearing or, or touch or the like. The effects of, of extreme unction are tremendous. You know, the definition, which continues, tells us that it gives health and strength to the soul and sometimes to the body. Okay, so it's always going to give health and strength to the soul. So like each of the, the, the sacraments, the outward sign indicates the inward grace, which is the cleansing of the soul from the last vestiges of sin. And so if worthily received, these effects will be received from the soul. And, and these are that... The, 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 the effect of an increase in sanctifying grace, as is the case with all of the sacraments, and also the sacramental grace. And the sacramental grace of, 
of, of extreme unction is that special grace that a person in a danger of death needs to fortify them, to bear their sufferings with patience, to help them resist the devil in the last moments, and to offer their, their, their life as a sacrifice to God. Its effect also will be to cleanse the soul from venial sin, to take away the guilt of unknown mortal sins, to cleanse the soul from temporal punishment due to sins, and even to, to, uh, to, 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 to uh, reform the, the inclinations of the heart, the weakness of the, of the will, which are also consequences of sin. It will bring a great uh, calm uh, to the soul and give the soul uh, a great confidence in the mercies of God and make the soul resigned to the will of God. Yes, if we understand that, we can see the importance of receiving the sacrament of extreme unction uh, soon, as, as soon as one realizes that there is a danger of death to receive it, because this is the effect. God wants to, to help the soul, um, and so he pours forth his grace into it, or wants to pour forth his grace of it in this great sacrament. We said that there is an effect also on the body, but it's not as infallible as that for the soul. It sometimes grants health and strength to the body also. And so restoration to to health, uh, insofar as it is expedient for the salvation of the soul, is one of the, the effects of this sacrament. Sometimes it uh, the, the sacrament helps to re- relieve the the, the, the the body of some of its of its pains and all by virtue of the sacrament. Perhaps some of you have known you know different people in in, in your lives how uh, in the last you know 20 years of, of their life been anointed you know 10 15 times uh, because um, of the the fact that they have uh, vacillated from, from good health to the danger of death. And on, on this point, it's important for us to, to know that the sacrament of extreme unction can be repeated, so it doesn't imprint a character on the soul, like baptism or confirmation or holy order, so it can be repeated, but it's only repeated where there is a new danger of death. So a person has a heart attack, the priest comes, anoints the person with extra action, they come back to good health, uh, then they have a stroke, okay, it's a new uh, danger of death. So as often as there is a new danger of death, the sacrament of extreme unction can be given to the person. The final part of this definition states that extreme unction is given when a person is in danger of death, from sickness, accident, or old age. So wherever there is a a probable danger of death coming from an internal cause, a person can receive this sacrament. And I stress it must come from an internal cause to distinguish it from an external cause. So perhaps an example helps here. 
you know, a, a soldier in, in good health, about to in, embark on a, on a very dangerous uh, mission, going into enemy territory, he would not be able to receive the sacrament of extreme unction, even though he might die in the operation, because the, 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 the cause is external to him. Um, however, if he was, if he was uh, seriously wounded, then, then he would be able to receive the sacrament of extreme unction. So just that, that point of it must be from an internal cause. So a person who has perhaps a, a tumour, that's from an internal cause, and the, the doctors may need to operate on the general anaesthetic, um, and especially in an old person, a person uh, could die on the operating table, they could receive then the sacrament of uh, extreme unction. So the, the danger of, of death is real in a person diagnosed with a serious medical condition who, or who has suffered a serious accident or who is elderly and undergoing an operation under general anaesthetic. You know, even in our own parish, we've had uh, souls pass away on the operating table having, unfortunately, not received the, the, the sacrament of extreme unction, simply perhaps just, just not knowing um, that it was available uh, and that the church would have given it to that soul before they underwent that operation. Um, <clears throat> so well, an important thing also is, is not to simply associate the, the extreme unction with old age. You know, a danger of death can be present even in a young person. And if a person has reached the, the use of reason, they're in a danger of death, then they can receive the sacrament of extreme unction. The prayers of, of extreme unction are, are, very, are very beautiful. And it's certainly worthwhile to, to read uh, through those. The, the, the church is praying for the restoration of the, the soul and the body. And sometimes people don't understand that so well. I'll give you an example. Some, some people have a perception that the priest in giving extra unction is pronouncing effectively a death sentence uh, on the person. And there's no coming back once the priest is given uh, extreme unction. And I remember an incident at a hospital. I was visiting a, an elderly man. I managed to get in to, to see him before uh, the opening hours in the, in the ICU, before the visiting hours. And I was... I was just about to leave his bedside and the relatives came and visiting hours had opened. And uh, I must say that uh, the, the sense that I got was that they were less than impressed uh, with the, the priest coming and, and having administered the sacrament of extra unction because of this misconception. And, but if we read the prayers we understand what the church is praying for. And I, I read one of those here for you, in which the priest prays, Holy Lord and Father Almighty, 
and eternal God, you pour into broken human bodies the healing grace of your blessing. And in a thousand ways, you show your care for what your hands have made. Be good to us and draw near as we call upon your name. Deliver your servant from his sickness. Give him health anew. Stretch out your hand. Set him on his feet again. Put strength into him and keep him safe under your powerful protection. Give him back again to your holy church and may all henceforth be well with him. It doesn't really sound like a a death sentence. The rite of of, of Viaticum, it's usually given more proximate uh, to, to death. And what do we refer to here? We refer to the priest giving to the the dying person, Holy Communion. And it's given the name of viaticum from the the Latin word, uh, via, which means road or or way. And the body, blood, soul and divinity are given to the the soul to strengthen that person on their road uh, to heaven. And the priest... Just before giving to the person viaticum, he, he says these words, Receive, dear brother, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ to strengthen you on your journey. May it keep you from the malice of your enemy and bring you safely to everlasting life. Amen. And then he says, Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. Amen. So, viaticum, as I said, is ordinarily given closer to death than uh, extreme unction, but timely enough that the sick person can receive it while they are in full possession of their their senses, of their faculties. Yes, the church so wants a, a, a soul to receive Holy Communion when they are dying that it tells uh, it's, it's, it's faithful that they're ordinarily bound to receive Holy Communion um, in the danger of death. And the church wants this so much that even if a person is communicated in the morning, in the danger of death, they can communicate again under the form of, of, of viaticum. So say, for instance, a person having just come to Mass uh, is involved in a, in a terrible accident, they're in a danger of death, they could receive communion again. Because uh, the church wants them to be helped and strengthened on this, this, this journey, this, this uh, passage uh, to, to heaven. The final rite I'll speak of is the, uh, the rite uh, of the apostolic blessing that the, the priests can give to a dying soul. Uh, This is the blessing which a priest uh, is able to give to a a dying soul in articula mortis, which means at the moment of of death. And uh, on this this note, uh, given the, the, the fact of the scarcity of priests, Often the great distance, difficulties getting into hospital, it may be given earlier. So say, for instance, somebody that lives in Dubbo, I might give the apostolic blessing to, to them uh, earlier in, in the peace. 
if they're in some type of danger of, of death because the risk that they might miss out on it, as opposed to somebody a bit, little bit closer to, to Rockdale where I might be able to delay it some time um, uh, closer to, to death where I'll be able to get to see them uh, more easily. So it's in virtue of the faculty given to a priest by the apostolic see wherein he is able to grant the full remission of the sick person's sins at the point of their death and obviously under the usual conditions of an indulgence being granted. So it's attachment from all sin, including venial sin, uh, reception of Holy Communion, the uh, going to confession, and also praying for the praying for the Holy Father. And uh, when the priest you know, blesses the sick person with the crucifix, the sick person is to invoke the name of Jesus. And it's always, always a, a good habit to have in a sick person's room the crucifix and in a place where they can look upon it and unite their sufferings with the sufferings of our Lord. It, it encourages and strengthens and gives them courage uh, faced with this, this great, this great tr- uh, trial. The prayers of the dying or the commendation of the, the soul are very, very beautiful and a great consolation for a dying person. You know, the ritual says that you know, the priest ought to be cold when the person is in their last agony so that he can recite these. But of course, the faithful can recite these, these prayers uh, at the, 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 the dying person's uh, bedside and, and, and in the, the months uh, that, that lead up to it. They are very consoling. You know, often a person is, is too weak to make prayers themselves and they, they are very much dependent upon us taking up their, their voice. And even in a situation where a, a person shows no sign of being able to, to hear anything that we're doing, uh, any prayers that we're, we're, we're saying, we should still be encouraged to, to pray them and out loud. Because hearing is, is one of those senses, it's potentially the last sense uh, to go, and you, you'll, you'll hear of, of people who have come out of being unconscious and, and saying, you know, the whole time, the whole time that you were coming to see me, I, I could hear everything, but I just couldn't communicate uh, with you. And so perhaps they are hearing these words, it's, it's encouraging them to have contrition for their sins and make their, 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 their prayers to, 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 to God. The litany of the dying is quite unique um, in all the saints that it invokes. And as a litany, instead of saying, pray for us, as we normally do in all of the litanies, it says, pray for him. Or pray for her, dressed for the sick person. So we're answering that throughout that prayer. And the, the Libera prayers are also magnificent. You know, we have this prayer, uh, they're, they're quite lengthy, I'm not going to say them all, I'll give you two. Deliver the soul of your servant, Lord, as you delivered Noah from the flood. Deliver the, the Lord, the, uh, deliver uh, the soul. Um, soul of your servant, Lord, as you delivered Job from his sufferings. Yes, our prayers are full of great confidence. 
most suited for preparing a soul for God. So we can see in these, these rites, the last rites of confession, of extreme unction, of viaticum, of the apostolic blessing, the, what the church wishes to give to a soul to prepare it uh, for death. And of course, when death comes, let us remember the, the Catholic burial is not a celebration of life. You know, we, we grieve one another. Uh, we, we grieve, we come from one another in, in Catholic hope, and we pray. So may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Amen.